And coming your way live from JCW's in Provo on ESPN 960 and the BYU Football Facebook Live page. Welcome to the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg Rubel with BYU's offensive coordinator Ty Detmer in the first half hour. Special teams coordinator, safeties coach Ed Lamb coming by for the second half hour, 1230 to 1 every Monday from 12 to 1. You'll find us here at JCW's in Provo. We'll be talking with Ty Detmer, Ed Lamb, and Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's coordinators on a rotating basis. And this week it is Ty in the first half hour, Ed in half hour number two. Good to have you with us. You can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU. That's hashtag CCBYU. And if you're tuning in on BYU Football Facebook Live, you can submit questions just in the comments section on the Facebook Live broadcast page itself. And here we are, BYU now 4-3 and three above 500 at uh, three consecutive wins on the year. Coach Detmer with us here in this first half hour. Ty, welcome, and uh, congrats on the win Friday night. Thanks. It was uh, good to get a win, that's for sure. It was a double <laughs> overtime win, 28-21 over Mississippi State. And BYU's now gone seven games, six of the seven opponents from P5 conferences. And, uh, Ty, where would you kind of assess uh, Mississippi State relative to the P5s you faced here in the first half of the season where they maybe uh, gave you the most trouble too? Yeah, we knew um, they would be an SEC team. You know, they're big, and they'd played Auburn the week before, and Auburn kind of got after them a little bit. And, and so we uh, – we get out there in warm-ups, and every it seems like every week you see a different guy on the team. You know, Michigan State had that big guy, and, and these guys were big across the board, and they're athletic. And so uh, up front, they uh, gave us some problems. But, you know, we hung in there and kept battling and, and uh, you know, did what we had to do to win the game. Seems like they knew what they wanted to do uh, with your run game, Jamal in particular there. Yeah, they uh, they crowded the box a little bit, played man behind it, and, uh, you know, they, they uh, really – kind of came off the edges and forced us to, to cut back inside. And, and we missed a few of those cutbacks. Um, but uh, I thought overall, you know, we, we ran the ball fairly well. Uh, we could have, you know, had some better opportunities. But uh, we didn't execute, you know, great. There were just for various reasons. We were a little flat maybe after Michigan State. And I think our, our coaching staff, we were a little concerned on the offensive side with that. We didn't have a great week of practice. And, it showed up come game time. We weren't quite as sharp as we had been the, the previous weeks. What do you think went into that, uh, the practice week I'm talking about? I think just a little bit of a hangover from thinking maybe we're better than we are against Michigan State. And uh, as coaches, you try to fight that all the time, try to keep them serious. And, you know, when we lost three in a row, we were – that next week at practice, we were sharp and, and tight and, and really putting extra time in and – and then you win a couple games and you think you're, you maybe got it and uh, you lose sight of those little things that uh, got you those wins. And so I think we, we lost sight a little bit of that uh, as a team last week. And, and so this week, uh, obviously a short week, we're trying to tighten that up and the players have had a great focus today at practice. You mentioned the run game and it was more of a grind this week, but you still ran for near buck 50, which is a good number, especially against an, an SEC line. And if you weren't firing on maybe all cylinders, that's when you want to be 50% or better on third downs, which you were, and not losing the turnover battle you were even on the night. You can do those other things and give yourself the chance to win the game, which you did. Yeah, there's some of those stats that are still important to uh, to keep you know going and keep drives alive. And Stay on so, schedule. Right, and so we were able to do some of those things. Uh, and, you know, the sign of a good team is when you're not real sharp and you're not playing your best that you can still hang in there and win. And, and they're a very athletic team. Their back was against the wall as much as ours was. So they came in ready to play and fired up. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd hoped we'd been able to come out of the gate and, and maybe jump on them a little more and, and test their will at that point. And uh, we 
kept them in the game, and they had the lead for the most of it. And and so we let them hang around uh, longer than maybe you know we would have liked to, obviously. So um, we got to we got to try to start faster and, and get on track a little sooner. Not sure if you sense the same thing, but uh, again, this week, it was a case of BYU getting stronger as the game went along. You scored seven points through three quarters, then you score seven in the fourth in both of your overtime sessions, and that's kind of been what I've seen from BYU, is uh, is you're a team that tends to figure some things out and get better as the game goes along. Yeah, there's a little bit to that, you know, where you game plan for a certain look, certain type of defense, and then you see some different looks, and you got to make those adjustments, and our guys are doing a great job of that, and so, you know, proud of them for, for having hanging in there, kind of letting us sort it out and then coaching them up and, and they take the coaching and uh, do a great job with it. So, you know, you'd love to come out of the gate and, and everything that you put in that's for that team, it shows up. But, you know, we see something different all the time. We, when we watch film, like this week, for example, most of the teams we watch are all spread teams. So they don't really show formations that we run. And so we get some different looks uh, than what we see on film. Mm. So there's times where we got to kind of sort that out as the game goes along. Here's what they're giving us. Here's what they're doing. And then we got to make our adjustments. So, uh, you know, it used to be opposite when I was playing. We would give teams different looks, you know. And, and so we'd see a different defense than what we were seeing on film of, of teams that ran the ball all the time. And now it's – it's kind of reversed. We're we're uh, we're getting different looks as a running team a little bit with mm-hmm. our two tights and and more base personnel rather than uh, teams that are in four wides and spread all the time. You mentioned uh, run game and and on on short yardage run game, you guys have excelled. I'm talking third and one now in particular. You've yet to miss on a third and one when you run the ball this season. You, and you can do it with different guys, and different guys are converting. We're seeing that Taysom Hill on the keep is a pretty good call on third and one sometimes too. Yeah, he's probably one of our stronger players. So he yeah. can uh, he can move the pile a little bit, but he also finds that little crease. And uh, it was interesting in the game when we, we had a quarterback sneak uh, for the touchdown. We've sent in a different personnel grouping, sent in kind of our base. Uh, we not kind of took out our goal line, put in our base, but then they changed and, and brought in their base defense, which kind of gave us a little space inside. So you play that cat and mouse game all the time. Sometimes it goes in your favor. Tight end throw game, uh, two touchdowns out of the tight end position on, <laughs> on Friday night and two guys getting their first career touchdowns in uh, Hunter Marshall and then uh, Tanner Baldry with, with the eventual uh, game winner in the second overtime. Was that going to be a featured element going in or just something you saw as the game developed? Uh, you know, we've, we've had that play for Hunter in all season and finally the right time to call it. And uh, Tanner was kind of an adjustment we made based on what we were seeing, how they were playing that formation and, and uh, kind of drew it up on the sideline. Uh, had some time right there before the second overtime started. So, um, but those guys work hard. I mean, they, they uh, do everything that's asked of them. They work, and they, uh, they're very conscientious, and they do a great job in the run game, so it's nice to see them get a little exposure in the pass game. Speaking of tight ends, Troy Hines got a different jersey number this past week. Uh, he's no longer <laughs> dueling 44s with Quinn Ficklin. Troy's will be in 95 the rest of the year, I think. That's right. That'll help you out a yes, little bit. Yes, just box. a little bit. <laughs> All right, uh, we're with Ty Detmer here in the first half hour of our show here at JCW's in Provo. Coming up in the next segment, we'll go to social media and get some of your questions for the coach. On Twitter, use the hashtag CCBYU. And if you're on the BYU Football Facebook Live page, just get into the comments section and you can pose questions for the coach right there. Ty Detmer, first half hour. Special teams coordinator Ed Lamb coming up in half hour number two. We are live at JCW's in Provo every Monday, 12 to 1. Welcome you out to join us here for the show. We're brought to you by Legend Solar. Legend Solar is a SunPower Elite dealer and the official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free solar consultation 
and own your own power today at legendsolar.com. And live from JCWs on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live, this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Back with Ty after this. If you're looking for a place to take the family before or after the game, stop in to JCW's with their huge menu of burgers, wings, salads, and more. Everyone gets what they want. JCW's, the Burger Boys, quality and a lot of it. Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, where we do the show every week, and South Jordan. Folks, welcome back to JCW's in Provo and the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg Rubel with Ty Detmer here at half hour number one. Ed Lamb, BYU's special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach is coming up in the second half hour from 1230 to 1. Let's get to social media your questions for ty on twitter use the hashtag ccbyu and on byu football facebook page go to the facebook live broadcast and in the comment section you can ask questions there as well this from ryan benyon ty he said he noticed that Taysom doesn't look to run as quickly stands in the pocket a little more a little longer is that due to read progression confidence or coaching or maybe a combination of all three I think it's a combination of all of them. Uh, you know, there's there's certain times where, you know, we may have a, a two-man route and the progressions one, two, and take off. But uh, we generally try to have at least three guys that, you know, give him an option to, to throw to. And so I think he's done a great job of, of, you know, maturing in that aspect of hanging in there and trying to buy a little extra time to allow that guy to come open maybe your, your second or third read. So – um, I think it's it's confidence in, in what he's seeing and then uh, also, you know, just him maturing a little bit knowing that there's a time and a place to take off, uh, but there's also a time to, to let those guys open up for you. It was another game in which his second half performance uh, bettered his first half. At halftime, what were you and uh, Taysom uh, uh, discussing? Uh, just that we need to get to some of the, you know, quicker – quick hitters that, uh, you know, we're getting some soft corner out there. So we try to stay outside a little bit more. Um, they weren't pressing quite as much as we had thought going in. So uh, we adjusted to that a little bit. And he did a nice job of hanging in there and, and uh, converting some third downs for us in the past game. And, and so, um, you know, you, you look at it and for various reasons, whether, you know, receivers are ad-libbing a little too much on their routes uh, you know, when they're supposed to sit, they're sitting and then moving on you. And as a quarterback, uh, you know, if that guy's supposed to sit, you can offset throw him away from the defense. But, you know, a couple of times our receivers then jump inside of a DB and you're like, man, you can't fool the quarterback like that. Hmm. So, um, you know, we had a couple of those things in the first half. And, and so we cleaned them up at halftime and, and made sure everybody was on the same page. From Facebook now, Dustin Draper for Ty. Offensively, he says, what has been the biggest positive surprise as the season has moved forward? Uh, I think uh, just how overall the, the guys have really taken to the scheme and, and we've grown and gotten better each week, um, you know, and, and a little tighter. And this was felt like a little a little step back uh, against Mississippi State. We could have been cleaner and tighter. But, uh, you know, I think overall – happy with the progression of the offense and the tight ends have really kind of stepped up and now they're making some plays and it keeps the pressure off everybody else when they got to play the whole field um you know our run game has really been uh really good and mm -hmm. so as a you know when you're putting in the offense that's that's step number one and you want that to be tight but it's you know the way jamal's running and mm -hmm. and our guys are blocking is has really been uh fun to watch uh, Ryan Lopiano off of Facebook says, what does Boise do well on defense and what position group of the defense do you think is their best? 
I think they're just uh, very solid across the board. Uh, you know, I told our guys today, they, if you look at their, their depth chart, they've got eight seniors that play a lot of football for them. And so when you got senior experience and, and depth like that, uh, you know, it, it makes for uh, a tough defense to go against because they've seen everything. They've been against uh, everything during the course of their career. And so um, I think uh, they play really hard. They're disciplined. Uh, they're, they're scheme sound. So they don't make many mistakes. They don't miss a lot of tackles. So it's going to be, you know, one of those where it's tough sledding. You, you know, every yard's going to be earned. And uh, we got to be able to th- run it, throw it. They're going to load the box. They're going to play coverage. They're going to blitz from, you know, different places, uh, especially in third down. And so, you know, on a short week, we've got to be ready to handle it all. Ever been on a non-green football field before? <laughs> I never have, no. I, I'm not looking forward to the blue turf, I know that. <laughs> it's a little bit, when you're watching film, it just takes a while to just get used to what you're seeing. And uh, I, I guess after a while of playing on it and broadcasting on it up in Boise, it's just, uh, uh, you get accustomed to it, but it still takes me off every time I start looking at film or think about calling a game or getting up there and trying to call a game with uh, often blue uniforms on blue field and the numbers are maybe gray and it's hard to spot. It's just a weird deal. Yeah, it's uh, just something. This will be my first experience with it. So, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be neat to see, but I'm not looking forward to being out there on blue turf. Uh, Trevin uh, Thompson <laughs> with a uh, Facebook question. How does the Boise State defense compare in speed and size and overall talent to the defenses you've played uh, so far this year? And you've just gotten done with a Big Ten and SEC in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say size-wise they're comparable to Mississippi State. Uh, you know, speed and, and just uh, effort, they're going to be every bit as that. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to match the speed and intensity and, and effort with uh, with our effort and intensity. And then Hopefully we can get, you know, a body on a body and, and get some of our big guys going and and uh, open up some lanes for Jamal and then pass protect and, and do all those things. But they slant, you know, and they, they blitz and twist and they do all those things. Uh, so we're going to have to be prepared to just, you know, handle some of that. Maybe some where you, you hit your head against the wall and then they get you and then others where if we can crease it, it's an opportunity for a big one. When you play on a Friday night, how much of your weekend that ensues is spent um, breaking down what you've just done and looking ahead to what Boise's doing here on a short week? Yeah, this weekend wasn't much of a weekend, uh, knowing that you're playing on Thursday. So we were in bright and early Saturday morning, you know, put put the Mississippi State game to bed and then uh, and then start focusing on, on Boise the rest of the afternoon. And so uh, Sunday you get the Colorado State film and, and you start breaking it down and, and try to tie it all together and have a game plan ready for today because today's really our, our only real full day of practice. Tomorrow we'll get a shot of it. It'll be a, bit, a little bit shorter and then Wednesday a walkthrough and then you're playing. So um, you got to have that quick turnaround. And so as, us as coaches, we got to be prepared for today and, and have it all done and, and installed and, and ready to go. So it made the, the weekend pretty pretty quick. Um, but it's nice knowing we got about 10 or 12 days before the next time yeah. we got to get ready after this one. Did you like the practice today or the effort your guys gave you since you talked earlier maybe about how last week wasn't as sharp as it needed to be? Yeah, today was great. You know, guys were focused in. I think they feel that sense of urgency that it's a short week and, and push through and, and really, you know, try to dial in. And then uh, we'll get some time off to heal everybody up and and uh, take a deep breath and then have the last four. Boise played a wild game on the weekend. You said you maybe, uh, when you're watching it live, tuned out at 28-3, and that's when I tuned in and things <laughs> got crazy at that point. Yeah, I uh, I watched, uh, you know, some of it and then uh, just got tired. It was after 10 o'clock, and I'm like, all right, it's 28-3. to 3. They were rolling pretty good. 
I'll go to bed. I'll get the rest of it on the computer tomorrow. Um, but uh, it, it turned out, I was like, really, it's 28-23, and find out they got a couple onside yep. kicks and hit a few plays against them, and, and uh, it's just a crazy finish. From uh, Jay Ryan Moody on Facebook, uh, Coach Ty, do you think the running backs will figure more now in the passing game? He said he loves how you use the tight ends. Uh, what's your philosophy or theory on uh, backs out of the backfield as receiving options, which was kind of a staple of the offense you played under at BYU? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've got opportunities for him in the past game. We've seen uh, Braden and, and Algie catch some balls and uh, – you know, those guys are they're viable receivers for us, and, and it doesn't always get to them, but at times, uh, you know, you see Jamal leak out and catch a touchdown. They got called back this last weekend. So uh, they're, they're options and, and plays that are designed for them and then other plays that uh, maybe they're the, the check down receiver in it. So they're always going to be a viable option for us. Before we head to break, in overtime, uh, uh, Taysom's hit uh, back in the pocket and the ball comes loose. <laughs> Now, luckily, there are two guys in the vicinity there, either one who probably could have picked it up, and the one that did was Tanner Baldery. I don't normally expect the tight end to be in that position, but there he was, and ends up getting a great block from Jamal to take it into a scoring territory. Um, maybe you could give us uh, your perspective of that play and the way it ended up. Yeah, my perspective was not very good because as soon as he got hit and the ball came out, I thought, oh, crap, game <laughs> over, you know, again, that's it. And uh, then all of a sudden Tanner picks it up, and then I'm thinking he might score. Uh but, you know, it was heads up by Jamal. It was Jamal's guy that caused it. You know, he cut him, and we had to hold the ball longer. Uh, you know, they, they covered us, and uh, so Taysom was holding it, waiting, just about ready to throw it, and the guy got up from being cut and knocked it out of his hand. So uh, it was very heads up by Tanner and, and Jamal to, to get over there, and a great hustle play by Jamal to, to actually take out two guys on that block. He did, and then, uh, of course, a few plays later, uh, Taysom's taking it in, squared it in overtime, and then you won with the uh, second uh, series touchdown by Tanner Baldery, again making a big play. All right, we'll come back after this break, and we'll get uh, more questions from social media for Coach Ty Detmer on uh, Twitter. It is uh, hashtag CCBYU, and on the BYU Football Facebook page, just go to the Facebook Live broadcast, and in the comments section, you can pose a question for Ty right there. We've got Ed Lamb coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're live at JCW's in Provo. We are on ESPN 960 and the BYU Football uh, Facebook page at Facebook Live. And we are brought to you by Legend Solar. Legend Solar is a Sun Power Elite dealer and proud to sponsor BYU football. Schedule your free consultation today and find out how much you could save at LegendSolar.com. And this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. Back with Ty after this. Welcome back to JCW's in Provo for the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner Segment 3, our final segment with Coach Ty Detmer, BYU's Offensive Coordinator and a QB Coach. BYU defeating Mississippi State 28-21, third win in a row to get to 4-3 and three on the year. Next up, it's undefeated nationally ranked top 15 Boise State. It'll be Thursday on the blue turf up in Boise, 6 o'clock for the radio pregame and an 8-15 kick for the Cougars and the Broncos. Uh, back to Facebook as we are on BYU Football's Facebook page and Facebook Live. Alex Lemon asking Ty, how much more of the offense have you yet to open up, if you will? Well, we're, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of things in, um, you know, a few wrinkles we add every week. But uh, really, you know, one of the kind of surprising things for me as a coach is how little time you have with your guys and, and really practice time, especially when you have these short weeks and Friday games. Um, and then it becomes, you know, time spent and value received. Are you, how, how many reps are you going to get at a new concept or something that, that knew that maybe you want to put in, how many times are you really going to get to work it? And then against how many looks are you going to get to work it against? So 
there's always that when you're putting a game plan together is what are our guys comfortable at? What, what can we throw at them that's not going to blow some fuses? And then uh, you get in a game and it's like, oh, well, we haven't had a chance to work it. And the defense gives you a different look and blows up in your face. And you're like, let's, let's just get really good at what, what we feel like we're good at and continue to practice those against the looks we're going to see. So, but we always have a wrinkle in. It doesn't always get called, some mm-hmm. of those things in the course of a game and and uh, the way you're, you're seeing it and the way it's playing out. So um, there's there's more in the game plan every week than, than what people see. But uh, as a coordinator, you try to feel the game out and then go with what you feel like your guys can execute best. Meantime, the stuff you are drilling down on and doing repeatedly uh, and getting better at has paid dividends for you. It has. Uh, you know, we're playing really good defenses uh, week in and week out. And so, you know, we feel like our guys have stepped up to the challenge. Uh, you know, we're playing power five teams and, and we're going out every week, week in and week out and, and moving the football against people and, and sometimes not as much as you'd like, uh, not scoring as many points as you'd like. But there's times where, uh, you know, we feel like when, when we know what we're doing uh, and we go where we're supposed to go, it, we're a tough team to stop. And so um, that's the, the focus every week is making sure our guys understand where they're going, where they're supposed to be, and then uh, executing that. Well, through seven games, I think you've been minus in the turnover margin just the one time, and you're 17th nationally in turnover margin uh, and then 14th nationally in third down con- for conversion percentage. We hit on this a little earlier. But, um, you know, those are fundamentals that have always been so in, in football, and, and uh, those are a couple of pretty good ways to keep yourself in and win games. Yeah, I've said it before. I'm not a big stats guy, but there are some key categories, I think, that, uh, you know, help you win football games, and obviously turnovers and, and third down conversions uh, are a big part of that. You know, red zone touchdowns, uh, another another big part of that. If you're kicking field goals, you're keeping a team in it. So. Um, you know, we feel good about those those opportunities, but stats only get you so much. You know, you can have great stats, and I mean, Toledo, look what they did on offense uh, against us, and and had all kinds of stats, and then ended up losing the game. So, bottom line is, we're going to play to win the game, whatever that is that week. We're going to try to do that and win the game, and not just go for stats and put up you know numbers and those kind of things, but. There are, there are some key correlations in some of those uh, numbers that, that do matter at the end of the day. Herm Edwards joining us on the coordinator's <laughs> corner. Uh, that's, that's my favorite quote of all time is, it you works play so to well. win the game. Hello. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, Facebook and a question coming in uh, for Ty, and it's about the Taysom Hill. It's from Matt Nebaker. Uh, Matt says he noticed that Taysom ran a lot more this last game. By the way, uh, 17 carries for Taysom, 53 yards. Um, he said, have you told him uh, to uh, – take it as he sees it or is he just becoming more confident in his legs again no just take it as he sees it you know a lot of those but we didn't have too many called runs for him there were a handful um you know a couple quarterback sneaks and uh and one down near the goal line um but a lot of those are just you know where he's feeling pressure and takes off and and there's a lane there so you know he has the option to to do that on on any pass play if if he's not seeing it or or uh, we're not open, or you're getting pressure, you got to play the game. And so um, that's just, you know, 
Taysom being Taysom and uh, wanting to make a play, and, and uh, sometimes it turns out that way during the course of the game. The Taysom stiff arm is becoming almost a weekly feature now. D- 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 does that get brought up, or do you guys take a look at those in the film room? Oh, yeah. Team yeah. We, uh, we, we watch those and uh, rewind them and play them again and try to look at people's reaction on the sideline, you know, so um, they're fun to watch when he gets that guy kind of up underneath the chin and picks him up and slams him on his back. That's, yeah. uh, that's part of what he does. <laughs> uh, do you guys pick as an offensive coaching staff an offensive player of the week every week? We do. We pick uh, what we call our champions, which are guys that play at a high high uh, level that week. Is uh, it offense, defense, special teams? Or offense, defense, more than that? special teams. And so we have our, our champions and then our player of the week. So it, it varies week to week. But, um, you know, we feel like if we're getting a lot of guys on that champion list, then we're playing at a high level. So we've we like to have a lot of guys on that that list. Is it one guy per unit per week uh, on offense, for example, or is it multiple guys? Uh, multiple guys. So one week, you like our, week our offensive line was player of the week. Um, you know, this week uh, was Jamal breaking the record. Uh, so you know, he was he was player of the week. Uh, you know, it was a big week for him uh, being able to to break the career rushing record. Um, and then we had uh, multiple guys. Uh, I think. Uh, for our champions, so Taysom and Algy and, and our tight end, Tanner Baldery, and then Thomas Schof and uh, Moroni uh, were champions this week. We felt like played at a high level, graded out real well in the film. Yeah, Moroni, I mean, the two plays that uh, really stand out, uh, Taysom throws a laser uh, that Moroni has to handle in the end zone. First of all, great ball uh, by Taysom, but an equally great catch on that play. It was. He uh, he came across and found the hole, and, and Taysom hit him right in stride. You know, actually kind of had to dive for it just a little bit, but that was a really big play because we scored, got it called back, a couple setbacks there down inside the red zone, and we're able to come away with the touchdown on third and long yardage. So that was a really big play for us. And then, you know, he makes a one-hander on the sideline to give us a chance at a Hail Mary right at the yeah. end. It was initially called incomplete, and then they slow it down to look at it, and they say, wow, he really did have a second hand on it and a foot down. But the first hand has to get it. Uh, he just stabbed it. Uh, Moroni's made a couple, uh, a few nice plays this year that are beyond uh, the average, and that was one of them. Certainly. He has. He's, uh, you know, he's a guy that – his number's not always called, but he's uh, doing the right things and in the right place, and uh, he's a guy we've got total confidence in. Uh, your number was not called in the postgame dance party. Is that true? No. After the Macarena, I think everybody <laughs> said, yeah, we're done with that. Okay, so. but, th- but there was dancing done, <laughs> just not from Ty this week. All right, that's our half hour. You've got a bye week and then a week off, I think, on the show, so we'll see you here in a few. We've got Ed Lamb coming up next. To Ty, thanks. Congrats on the win, and we'll see you up on the blue turf. Thanks a lot. Appreciate All right, it. Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner with Ty Detmer back with more after this on ESPN 960 and BYU Football's Facebook page via Facebook Live. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg Rubel with BYU's special teams coordinator, safeties coach, assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. After having Ty with the first half hour, Ed with us for half hour number two. And you can reach us on Twitter at hashtag CCBYU or via the BYU Football Facebook page on Facebook Live. We're brought to you by Legend Solar, a SunPower elite dealer and the official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free solar consultation and own your own power today at Legend Solar. Com. Resetting things, BYU now 4-3 and three on the year, off three straight wins. Mississippi State, the last victim for BYU, 28-21 in double overtime, and Boise State is next up. And uh, Coach Ed Lamb at three wins in a row. You're seeing the rewards for the efforts that maybe didn't come as consistently in the first part of the season. Um, you guys are on a bit of a roll, and I think every week while there's things to improve, we're seeing this Cougar coaching staff and players uh, kind of mesh and become the team you want to be. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to see the, the guys uh, all focused in late in the game in these tight games. And I think that, you know, some of the growing pains or, or losses that we had early by those narrow margins, I think the guys are, are very well aware down late in the game that we have a chance to win if we make the plays down the stretch. Six of seven games this year decided by a single score, seven points or fewer. This was another one going uh, to overtime that BYU wins by a score of 28 to 21. And as I talked about with Ty, uh, Coach Lamb, another instance of BYU uh, doing some of its best work in the latter stages of the game, getting stronger as the game goes longer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's a great feeling for the offense to get a couple touchdowns there after regulation and, and uh, feel like they came out of the game with some success. You know, for, for most of that game, it was really rough sledding on uh, – on offense, I thought defensively we, we could have played much better as, as well. I think our defensive guys had a little bit of a bad taste in their mouths for, uh, you know, even though we held them to 14 in regulation, I think it could have been less. And, and the 14 points that our offense did put up should have been enough for a victory. But to have the opportunity to kind of reset the game, go into overtime, and then, and then come out of that with two scores to their one, I think was huge. No more P5s on the schedule. You played six in the first seven weeks. And I asked Ty the similar question. Uh, where would you kind of uh, – um, assess how Mississippi State stacked up compared to the other P5s you saw this year, particularly in the trenches? Yeah, I think uh, it's a really fair comparison. It, it, I think would say similarly. It was just, you know, any time that, uh, that we match up against those power fives, I think what we're going to find is a consistently big physical offensive-defensive line, speed throughout, and that uh, especially shows up on the special teams. It's a real challenge for our guys and on the special teams. You know, some of those guys that play second or reserve roles on offense or defense to match up with the speed of some of those highly recruited guys from the Power Five schools. And, uh, you know, overall really pleased with just the way that our guys don't back down to anybody. And I think, you know, BYU ought to be considered a Power Five, and we ought to think of ourselves that way and continue to recruit toward that. Well, I've, uh, I've long thought that uh, BYU is P5 in every way but a conference designation right yep. now. Yep, uh, similar to Notre Dame. BYU's Ed Lamb is with us in the second half hour of the Coordinator's Corner, 1230 to 1. Hashtag or on the BYU Facebook page. Go to Facebook Live and click on the comments section, and you can get your questions in for Coach Lamb that way as well. We'll get to social media in a bit. And so it's a game-to-game, week-to-week deal, uh, but you need six wins to be bowl eligible. You're at four and three through seven games. And beyond looking you know, too far ahead at what might occur, um, the path to bowl eligibility puts you guys in a good spot right now with work yet to be done. Uh, Coach Satake wasn't that much into the bowl eligibility question in the postgame when I brought it up to him uh, here on this Monday of Boise State Week. How much does that uh, element of the season uh, play into how you might grade this year in terms of uh, success or otherwise, and how big of a deal is it to you? No, I agree with, with Coach Satake. It's just it's not something that uh, that we really think about until until it comes up. And so, yeah, I, don't, I mean, we're not trying to ignore it. It's not a bad word around the facility to talk about the bowl game. But, you know, it's you never you never want to allow guys. I've, I've been through locker rooms before, and you hear somebody say something like, well, if we win out, we can get to this many wins. And, you know, I just never want to allow that, that type of talk. The game this week and, uh, and the next play, the first play of the Boise State game, for example, those are, are worthy enough aspirations to uh, to strive toward. This will be Ty Detmer's uh, first exposure to the blue turf, but not yours. Uh, your background with Boise State and uh, prepping uh, for an unusual game experience. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was uh, at the University of Idaho as the defensive coordinator there for two years, and, and we had a home-and-home home series with uh, Boise State at that time. So I've been to in, in that stadium once. And uh, also, you know, as far as the turf goes, at, during my time at Southern Utah, we played regularly at Eastern Washington on the red turf. Yeah. And I'll say that, you know, the, the most shocking thing about that is watching it on video. Actually standing on the field is uh, there's almost no uh, 
there's no consideration. You know, it's like playing a green uh, a green jersey team on green grass. It's there's not you know guys aren't disappearing or anything like that. But from from up in the press box or maybe up in the stands uh, and certainly the video, it's kind of weird to look at. I sense the same thing. The visual is jarring uh, when I look at film and and of course watching them on TV. It's a lot more striking to when you get in it. Now as a broadcaster. I'm more concerned about can I pick out numbers on jerseys on a field, and sometimes that uh, creates a whole visual challenge of its own. But when you're in it, you're in it. That said, it is a little bit, uh, uh, again, jarring is the word maybe when you first look at it. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's really bright. Obviously, they pick those bright colors on purpose. But, uh, you know, blues are color too. And uh, we'll hope it works out for BYU for the first time up there because uh, the Cougars have yet to win a game uh, up at Boise State. The all-time series is 2-4 and four in, B- in Boise's favor. And while the Cougars have come close on a couple of occasions up there, uh, yet to get the win on the blue turf, we hope it comes Thursday night. And you'll have that with a radio pregame of 6 o'clock and a kick just after 8.15. That's Thursday evening. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to social media. Your questions for Coach Ed Lamb, BYU's special teams coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach is with us until 1 o'clock. We are on Twitter via hashtag CCBYU. And on BYU Football's Facebook page, go to Facebook Live, and in the comments section, you can ask a question for Ed there. We'll get to your questions coming up next. We're at JCW's in Provo. We're on ESPN 960 and BYU Football's Facebook page. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Back with more from Coach Lamb after this. Time for today's I Am Flash flashback, brought to you by I Am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. And this week, we flash back to last season and the last meeting between BYU and Boise State. Trailing 24-14, entering the fourth quarter, BYU was down 24 21 late and facing fourth and seven from the Boise 35 yard line when Tanner Mangum found Mitch Jurgens in the end zone for a touchdown that put the Cougars up 28 24 then on the next play from scrimmage Kai Nakua picked off Ryan Finley and took it to the house for the deal ceiling score in a 35 24 win that's the I am flash flashback brought to you by I am flash making memory that makes the world mobile welcome back to JCW's in Provo on ESPN 960 and BYU football's Facebook page for the legend solar coordinators corner Greg Rubel with BYU's Special teams, coordinator, safeties coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. I mentioned Kainakua, and there was Kainakua against Mississippi State, making his fifth INT of the season, 13th of his BYU career. And Akai is truly uh, a playmaker for you in that safety group. He's got a sense of the moment, doesn't he? He sure does, yeah. He's a, and, and if you study the video, he's always in the right place. or He's in, a high, in, in the right place a high percentage of the time, maybe always is an exaggeration. But he plays the game so technically sound. Really works hard on his footwork and where his eyes should be. And when the when the opponent starts to press and and feel and challenges him, he's he has a, just a high percentage of interceptions. The other thing he does so well is complete the turnover. You know, a lot of guys they get their hands on it and can knock down the ball, but he does a really good job of focusing through the catch and relaxing through the catch. And then uh, he's a pretty good runner with the ball in his hands as well. Both of your safeties made uh, nice plays on uh, Friday night. Micah Hanneman's pick was uh, very impressive. Yeah, it was, and they both concentrated really well through the catch. Micah, Micah had his legs kind of taken out from him simultaneously as he was making that catch. And again, another one that still would have been a great play if he if the ball were knocked to the turf. But you know, in in our safety room, we call that a missed interception and a PBU. And so it's minus uh, three on the production for the missed interception and plus three for the PBU, and it turns into a a, a wash. So. Great job by both of those guys. They both were, you know, they Micah returns punts. Kai played quarterback in high school. They have ball skill. Also a wash, the turnover margin, uh, two and two giveaways and takeaways on Friday night. But I think you've been minus in the margin just the one time in seven games. And BYU is a top 20 turnover margin team right now. As I mentioned with Ty, uh, turnover margin and, and third downs are two pretty good areas to, to gauge game-to-game performance. 
even when things are maybe product, uh, production-wise happening just the way you want, you'll keep yourself in games on those categories. We did. And, and you know, when we do, when we talk about uh, takeaways and turnovers, we also talk about fourth down stops. So we got two more additional ones on defense, but we had a, a special team substitution error as well that, uh, that gave them a new possession. So we really, four to three is the way we saw the turnover battle there. Uh, I made a note about this last week. In the previous three seasons, BYU was averaging about 20 special teams penalties per year, so about one and a half per game. And heading into the Mississippi State game, you were sitting at one special teams penalty for five yards. It was an offside on an onside kick attempt at Utah. Then came the early special teams penalty uh, on the substitution error. Uh, penalties don't get really thought about relative to special teams because they're usually not a factor, but they had been for BYU in recent seasons. Were you aware of that, and how much do you drill down just the aspect of being clean on those X number of plays per week. I was not aware of any any pattern in the past, but uh, you know it's something that we work hard to coach, and uh, we've we've spent a lot of time on the emphasis of of that substitution piece. You know, Mississippi State uh, brought their punt team out really late, and we had a communication error between two of our players. But the, you know, the bottom line is it's the uh, if there's a substitution infraction or a communication error, then then I'd, we didn't coach it enough. I didn't coach it enough, and so. Emphasis. I believe coaches get what they emphasize a high percentage of the time, and we've, we need to make sure we have more emphasis on that and continued emphasis on getting frontal in the return game. That's usually where costly penalties happen is in the, on the kick return and punt return. Guys aren't frontal, and they're trying to make blocks on the shoulder, and they end up in clip situations. Stat note, BYU remains a top 25 in both punt return defense and kickoff return defense. To Melissa on Twitter, hashtag CCBYU. Question for Coach Lamb. Coach, what was the logic in switching kickers in overtime for the first PAT as opposed to sticking with uh, Rhett Almond? And in this game, uh, you did mix it up again uh, with different duties, kickoff and PAT, field goal. Uh, you're rotating guys around, and are you going by feel on that? Um, no, no, not not really by feel. It's I mean, it, that it was decided actually that Andrew was going to take the next kick regardless of what the kick was. Uh, uh, Rhett stepped into a field goal earlier in the game. They just he didn't use his normal technique, and so I just wondered where his mind was at, and told him, hey, well, let's take let's have Andrew take the next one. It's really, you know, the, the, in the case of all these switching up the kickers, I'm not in the habit of doing that necessarily on on uh, consistently throughout the years, but we have some kickers that are that are really close in their abilities. And so, really, it's not about the, the the guy that comes out; it's about the guy that's coming in. And uh, you know, it's it, it wasn't about uh, anything that Red had done to fail. I mean, great quarterbacks throw interceptions, great kickers miss field goals. That's not a big deal at all. I just want to see him take his normal swing. And and uh, when he felt like that he was back and ready to go, he came in and finished up the game for us and made some clutch kicks. But Andrew Mickelson's a really good kicker and uh, not afraid at any time. If I feel like that, uh, you know, Red or whoever's in there is not not. Up, living up to their full potential at that moment, then maybe we just need to, to put the other guy in and see where he's at. Andrew's first PAT attempt of the season came in the fourth quarter, made the PAT. Then in overtime, a little bit of an interesting situation because he makes the PAT, but Mullen has just called timeout on the snap, and so yeah. he's got to do it again. And, I mean, you know, PATs are kicks that kickers expect to make, and he yeah. did just make it, but there's a timeout, and it gives a little bit of a mental challenge on the next one. And yeah. I'll be darned if the next one doesn't get – Maybe deflected a little yeah. bit and uh, and was a little dicey. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a um, operation issue, and that that's in the end why why uh, in, after every kick, I talk with both the kickoff guys and the and the place kickers, and we talk about who's going to take the next one and what the best strategy is, and anything coming off the field and coming off the field on that, I felt like the operation time was a little bit long. Looking back on it and timing it up from video, it was on the long end, but it was still within the range of what we feel like we should be able to get kicks off at. And so I think they're credit Mississippi State's player for getting a great jump and. And, uh, and, and luckily our operation time was within the range at least to get the, the PAT through there.
And it uh, got BYU into the second overtime where they made the winning play in the 28-21 decision. From Jimmy Trent on uh, Twitter, hashtag CCBYU. Our onside kicks on the table this week after watching BYU-Colorado State. And that game got pretty squirrely at yeah. the end. You've seen how that turned out. Yeah. I'm sure uh, you know Boise State's special teams unit is beating themselves up and the special teams coach, but onside kicks are really about uh, so much more than most of the rest of the game. Every every play has a little bit of luck as a factor, but certainly onside kicks are about the ball just taking the right bounce at the right time and, and uh, the defender or the, those that are trying to, to uh, scoop up that onside kick, you know, being in the right spot or the wrong spot if they're on the return team. And I, and I watched those, and it wasn't anything really schematically that Boise State was doing wrong or that Colorado State took advantage of. It was just uh, really well executed, and it happened to be there at that moment. And if there are, if there's such thing as a perfect onside kick hop, we saw that in the Boise State game for yeah, CSU. They, they sure were, yeah. Credit the kicker for getting that done. And, that, you know, nobody can do that 10 out of 10 times or even close to that, but uh, he, he certainly did on that night, delivered. Brian Taylor on Facebook, uh, BYU Football's Facebook page on Facebook Live. Uh, do B, does BYU consider Boise State a rival? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, every every team on our schedule certainly that's a rival. I don't. I I think not being in a conference and uh, and not being from the same state, I guess there there it wouldn't maybe fit the traditional sense of a rivalry. But uh, and and when I was a player here, we didn't play Boise State, so just just answering very honestly, I don't think that that's a game where we you know circle it in red letters at the beginning of the year and say this is our one rival. But uh, this week, they're the biggest game on our schedule. And uh, with what they've accomplished, we have a high level of respect for what they've accomplished this season. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge, huge game, as big as any I've been a part of as a player or a coach here. We haven't been able to say Jake Oldroyd's name in a while. And Brian Taylor follows up on Facebook uh, asking, is Jake uh, maybe done for the season? I think at this point, yeah, that's that's what we're we're all leaning towards. Is uh, you know he's just he's not 100%, and so at this point to come back and risk it and uh, and potentially risk um, you know the opportunity he has to to count this as his redshirt year would would I think probably be foolish. Rhett uh, Almond is kicking really well. Uh, Corey Edwards on the kickoffs. Uh, Mickelson is versatile for uh, both of those roles as a backup right now. So really pleased with the way our kickers are are kicking, and I think Jake's on the right path. Because of the injury when it occurred and timing-wise, you just mentioned the word redshirt. It falls in the window where you could take that if you need it, right? That's right. Yeah, it was in the first three games, and the NCAA does it by a percentage. But usually as football coaches, we kind of look at those first three games as, as a safe area. And, the, you know, the biggest criteria is that the injury still has to be valid. And, and at this point, it is for him. If he were healthy and back, then, then we'd bring him back. But, you know, being, being able to go out and, and uh, muscle up through some kicks is not the same as being 100% and ready to go. And he already has, has his mission call. I think uh, Chile yeah. is in his yep. Uh, future. Yep, and he's doing well in school. And, he, you know, he's walking around. He's, he's great. He's not on crutches or in a wheelchair or anything like yeah. that. He's fine. But as far as kicking at the highest level that he can kick at, he's not there yet. All right, heading into the break, one quick last question. Uh, Craig Randall on Facebook, uh, what is Mickelson range, Mickelson's range on field goals? And I guess I could follow up by saying, where, where do you feel comfortable with either of your kickers for uh, a distance range right now? Yeah, right, right now, um, from, from a practice standpoint, and practice is always different than games, but uh, Rhett, Rhett has been uh, slightly more accurate um, inside the what we call the 25-yard line, so up to 40 and, and uh, maybe even stretch that to 45. And then Andrew has a little more height on his ball and a little more power, and, and probably if we, if we needed to attempt one in the 45 to, to 55 range right now, um, Andrew might be the, the better option for that. And Corey right now is kickoffs only, right, Corey Edwards? Corey Edwards has been doing kickoffs during practice. He's, he's um, getting back some of his, his field goal ability, but with, with Rhett uh, being so accurate, uh, 
inside and and andrew coming along strong I would, i'd say Corey's third on the depth chart right now at that particular spot all right final segment of questions and comments from coach ed lamb we are at jcw's in provo with you every monday 12 to 1 on espn 960 and on byu football facebook live this is the legend solar coordinators corner more with ed lamb right after this we're back in a minute special teams coordinator safeties coach and assistant head coach, BYU-Boise State, Thursday night, uh, 6 o'clock radio pregame and an 8.15 kick for the Cougars and the Broncos. Uh, let's go to uh, Facebook, BYU football's Facebook page. Another question for Coach Lamb. Richard McDonald asking, how do you feel about long snapper this season? We don't get enough long snapper questions uh, here on the yeah, show. That's right. And uh, Matt Foley has been the guy. And, and let's just go back to camp when he wasn't the guy for a while there. He was a little banged up, and uh, you had to make some uh, – uh, some contingency plans, uh, but uh, Matt's come back and very strong. Take us back to camp, where that stood, and how pleased you are with the job he's done and been doing for BYU. Yeah, the, the um, you know when we're Matt's preference is not to be talked about. That's every long snapper's goal, <laughs> kind of like offensive linemen. You know, they they want the uh, the guy behind them to be the one that's talked about, and Matt's Matt's been tremendous on his snap. So he doesn't get enough credit. You know, a lot of snappers are just asked to kind of put it in the hands of the. A holder on the on the field goals and PATs, or put it in the hands of the punter. We actually lead our our punter quite a bit on the on the rugby style of punts. Matt does an excellent job of that. He also works in our protection scheme on both the, both the PAT field goals and the punts. And uh, he's a, he's a master craftsman. That he all day long uh, out of practice and while the other guys are doing their meetings and things, he's he's out there working on his craft. Does a tremendous job, and he works with the other specialists too and helps them and whatever they might need from shagging balls to, to uh, putting some pressure on the punter, things like that. And then he's unselfish as well. I was so proud of him in the, the Michigan State game. We were, you know, we had the lead there late, and it started to get to the point where we wanted to empty the benches and give young guys experience that had not been getting roles in games. And Matt turned to me and said, hey, how about uh, getting Mitch Harris in the game? And so Mitch was able to go in on a PAT and execute a perfect snap, and we were able to make the PAT. And uh, health-wise, he had something to overcome in the summer, didn't he? Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, thanks uh, for that reminder. But yeah, he 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 worked hard in the on some shoulder rehab during the summer, and uh, initially he was always able to snap really well. But it was the protection that we were concerned about, and and going into the season, I was really concerned, not sure if we'd have him. And he's done a great job on his protection as well. Teammates at BYU, were you ever teammates with John Denny? Um, Did your timing ever crisscross? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I believe his redshirt year before he left on his mission. Of course, Ryan and uh, I was with, with both of those guys in different ways. I was with Ryan in the in the '01 season, I believe. And I mentioned John because he very well could be uh, the first NFL Hall of Famer as a long snapper yeah. only. He's 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 <laughs> yeah. remarkably durable. Has been with the Dolphins forever and ever under multiple different coaches and coaching staffs and that's a guy who as a specialist is as good as it gets he sure is yeah, when well, he's got an nfl body that could potentially be playing in another position i think that's one of the reasons he's lasted so long is he's, he's durable and strong and big and fast and he can do so much other than snap the football uh, ty gave us the offensive player of the week for this past week it was jamal williams becoming byu's career rushing leader um, on special teams and maybe even defense, who else got commendation from the coaching staff after Mississippi State? Uh, the two safeties were the, were voted the players of the game. That was uh, Micah and, and Kai for their timely interceptions, but also they did a, did a great job setting the defense the whole One night. One minute. We had uh, in the special teams, Johnny uh, Linehan got the, the got the special teams player of the game. A lot of guys had, had good games and championship efforts, but Johnny's, Johnny's punts, especially the two long ones, I think we had a 54 and a 62. Those really flipped the field and took a big advantage in that part of the game. It's more than just distance. He's 25th nationally in, in punt yard average, but that's kind of a superficial way to judge how yeah, a punter's doing, right? That's, that's right. Any punter can go out there and, uh, and kick the ball a long way. It's really about 
matching up the hang seconds. time and the operation time with the punt team's ability to go down there and cover it. And, and we've had to cover very few, relatively few punts this year. Ed, good to be with you, as always. Uh, we'll have the bye week, so no show next week. We'll have you back in two weeks as we uh, continue along. BYU at 4-3, and three, looking to get to 5-3 and three against Boise State. Ed, thank you. Thank you, Greg. All right, that is Ed Lamb, and we are going to wrap it up for this week's Legend Solar Coordinators Corner. We're every Monday here at JCW's in Provo from 12 to 1. The coordinators with me, Greg Rubel. Thanks for being with us on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. So long this from Provo. Is KOVO Provo.